This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and of course, children of all ages, welcome to the program. The Hip Hop Prof is the name, and of course, segmentation, targeting, positioning, and messaging is the game. We call it STPM. It is the cornerstone of marketing. Listeners, you are to be saluted on a daily basis. Baby, please. This is Sirius XM Channel 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. My co-host, Barbara Kahn, is not in tonight, so your boy is flying solo. I'm your host, Professor Merrick Street, and yep, they call me the Pied Piper of Business Radio. Oh. Uh. I'm going to drop a rhyme. Actually, I'm not. I just 52 faked y'all out. (laughs) Beyond Simpkins on audio, ladies and germs. Always dropping some nice, really good music for me. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks very much for being in the booth tonight. Guys, listen to me very carefully. In 1881, the Wharton School was founded. We are the first collegiate business school on the planet. We wrote the book on marketing right here on the seventh floor of John M. Huntsman Hall. And, of course, we had to create a radio program to bring the knowledge directly to the people. The show is called Marketing Matters, and we air live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Standard, I'd also say. <laughs> you know what? I might be a little bit rusty tonight. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. It's been about maybe five. How long has it been, guys? Weeks. Four weeks. Took a little I, hiatus there. I took a hiatus there. It's been four weeks since I've been on the mic, so I'm going to have to get my skills back. Welcome back. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. I, I really am happy to be here. But we're going to unbelievable show tonight because, guys, listen to me very carefully. A few days ago, I was on NPR talking about boycotts and controversies, and it was very interesting because one of the things that happens out there when consumers get upset with what you're doing with your marketing is they may turn into what we refer to as consumer vigilantes. They may take that little uh, cell phone that's in their pocket. It's a $1,000 little supercomputer, and they might actually put you on blast out there. So boycotts are huge right now. All kinds of faux pas going on. Macy screwed up recently. We're going to talk about that later on in the program. All kinds of things. Controversy. Controversy is the name of the game in terms of marketing and what we may be doing in terms of making mistakes. So that is the theme of today's show. We're going to talk about various aspects of the social justice movement, controversies in marketing, boycotts, all that kind of cool stuff. And here's what we've got coming up in the program at five o'clock. Dan Granger, CEO and founder of Oxford Road. You may have heard over the past couple of weeks about a few instances of this boycotting we've been talking about. We're going to talk with Dan about advertising and boycotting. And just to give you a preview, Dan thinks boycotts don't work and that you shouldn't be doing them. So we will see what is the underlying logic that Dan believes this is a reason that he needs to make this statement. At 530, we've got our good friend, Professor Daniel Corshin, Associate Professor of Marketing at the Labau College of Business at Drexel University. We're going to be talking about unplanned corporate activism. That's when companies get drug into politics and ideology and other kinds of things that have nothing potentially ladies and gentlemen, to do with their business model. Continuing our theme is going to be pretty exciting. There have been a few interesting examples in the past few weeks, so we have tons of things that we have to discuss with our good friend Daniel. Six o'clock, Simon Tam, founder of, this is very cool. Listen to this. This is awesome. I had to check this out. Uh, He is a basis for a group called The Slants. 
<laughs> now, listen to this. It's going to be interesting because from a controversial perspective, they are, I believe, an all Asian kind of rock dance band. He's the bass player holding down the bottom end. And he's got a really cool story that he's going to tell us about with respect to how they fought to be able to be called the slants and how they tried to turn a controversy into a point of positive marketing. So we're going to talk about that later on in the show. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, 630 is going to be the time that you wait for, that you just anticipate with bated breath. And that is, of course, when Professor Americus Reed will take your calls. It's me and you, your boy, here to talk about marketing, and I will offer you my marketing advice straight from the Wharton School. Can you stump the professor? Can you ask me a question about marketing that I cannot answer? I think the answer is, of course, no. I'm not Bob Mueller up here. Let me just I'm say something to you right now. I got answers, man. Okay, I'm not going to say what yes, no, man. I, hey, look at the report. Let's No, I will answer your questions. So give me a call at 630-1844. Wharton is the, one, is the number, 1-844-942-7866. Well, we have a clearly packed show tonight. So with that, let's jump right in and bring in our first guest, Dan. Welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you here, sir. We really appreciate you spending your time to give us some wisdom and knowledge. What I would love to start with, Dan, is, of course, what I always love to do is I love to give my listeners uh, some context of our guests that are coming on to uh, give their sage advice. So what I would like you to do, Dan, is to kind of take us through your story, take us through your journey, tell us kind of how you your, – your particular pathway to where you are today and where did you start and how has that kind of affected kind of your overall philosophy of life and business and all of those things. I know these are heady questions, but I'd love to start with that just to give some color to our audience. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So I came out of uh, radio and before that I uh, worked briefly doing uh, documentaries for the history channel. Oh, nice. Uh, the problem was I was spending more time doing license agreements than I was learning about history <laughs> and getting into the nitty gritty of that. So I found myself getting stuck in a lot of L.A. traffic running around town, mm -hmm. and I got tired of hearing the same songs on the radio, but I <laughs> loved the debate that I heard on the AM dial. I loved the different perspectives and the collision of views and hearing how people worked that out mm. and discussed issues. And then I, I found out that if you were interested in talk radio, you could actually sell talk radio. So I got involved with Clear Channel, what is now iHeartRadio, mm -hmm. in about 2003. And I went over there and became a, a local ad salesperson for um, the biggest talk radio station in the country, KFI 640, mm -hmm. uh, in L.A. Wow. And I, my, my job was to go to local businesses and, and serve basically as their ad agency and work directly with them on behalf of the radio group to figure out how to get the right message, how to place the media, and how to... Um, generate response, measure response, and mm -hmm. optimize it so that their business could grow. This wasn't about you know the, the the concept of branding and results that you may not be able to see. This was about hey, I've only got a little bit of money. If it works, I'll spend more. And so gotcha. I got in the habit of working with companies using a lot of talk radio, using a lot of endorsements and personality driven mm. content. I found that that was very very helpful for mm. driving the growth of a small business. And as I did more of that. I, I found out that, you know, there was something called the Silicon Valley and a whole new world. I got I was very fortunate. I got to work with LegalZoom.com on their first ever um, offline campaign. Oh, nice. This was just after the dot-com bust. Everybody mm -hmm. was very skeptical. There was a new uh, breed of brands 
coming of age and needing new places to advertise beyond just the internet. And so figured out how to grow them and scale them. And then what kind of started happening was I, I had a, a bit of a niche um, uh, offering with direct-to-consumer brands at the same time that they were kind of ascending, mm. the podcast industry was evolving. And I, and I really, I knew that was going to be something big. And so I started dabbling, taking some clients, helping them try out some podcasts. And I found out mm. it worked really, really well for the brand mm -hmm. so that they could get more customers. So in 2013, uh, went to my bosses. I said, I love you guys thank you for everything, but I'm leaving. Wow. And um, they uh, really worked with me, and, and they were really good partners to me in that they allowed me, um, without a fight, I got to keep working with my clients that I had um, groomed at the radio station and got to represent them as my agency, plus built this podcast um, servicing business mm. and placement business. And, and we took off really, really fast. And so Oxford Road was born in 2013. We just celebrated our sixth anniversary. Wow. And we were on the Inc. 500 um, and just have had fantastic success helping companies place their media, uh, measure their media, develop creative, and really grow their business. And we've had we worked with probably over 150 of these types of e-commerce brands, and I'd say over a dozen of them went from unknown uh, startup to household name, mm. uh, unicorn status companies, private companies worth over a billion dollars. So nice. we've had a lot of success doing that, and it's really just using the skills that we were able to, to, to leverage uh, while we were incubating inside of Clear Channel. And so it's been a great success for us. Mm-hmm. And so incubating inside of Clear Channel, uh, Dan, tell me a little bit about this, because I love the fact that you have a background in radio, right? So what being starting there, letting, you know, because that was kind of the, part of the launching pad at Clear Channel, uh, which then became iHeartRadio. What what have you learned in terms of the unique components of doing you know messaging in the radio format that has really helped kind of evolve you into that next phase? You were talking a little bit about podcasts as a, as a critical kind of which is hot right now. But like, what are some of those things, those aha moments that you had working in radio and working with podcasts that you that you think would be important to share with our listeners? Well, one of the things is if if ROI matters you're going to find that there's somewhat of a myth around targeting because you're going to go, okay, who's your target you know, customer? What's their profile? Let's find something that matches them. That's typical thinking in marketing. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the, when you're in the performance business, mm. um, then it, it, it completely changes because you can take somebody that arguably should be on a certain type of, of format or venue on paper and you find out that you go somewhere where it's a spoken word, where there's a personality who's passionately giving their opinion on something. Mm -hmm. And then if you advertise in that environment, the ads may blow the doors off. If all things are equal in terms of cost, it may blow the doors off of the, the performance that you see from the things that appear to be perfectly targeted, even though it may not be right in your sweet spot demographically, mm. it really transcends that. And so passion and, and relationship, the relationship and the trust that a host like you builds with their audience, that gets transferred and imputed into the brand that's mm. advertising mm -hmm. that, that has a, 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 a monumental impact on their ability to drive sales and, and build customers. Uh, so that was a big uh, learning for me that, you know, we've been able to carry forward. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's really helped us take off. And, you know, the other piece of it is, you know, I believe that the only big difference between direct response marketers and brand marketers is their time horizon. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, you're, mm -hmm. we're here to do a job. We're here to 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 um, help 
uh, sell products and services. And in our case, you know, we're very rigid in who we work with. We want to make sure it's something that we would use ourselves before mm. we go sell it to oh, strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that has to be the foundation or mm-hmm. else it's going to, you know, it's going to be a lot of very frustrating relationships. Um, but, but ultimately, so you can feel good about it. Um, it's very, very important uh, that you pay attention to your metrics and that you make sure that it is measurable. And if you're in the performance business where, where some companies don't have years to wait for a payback, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to be more innovative in how you think about your your tactics and your approach. And you have to be able to dig when others dig. And so when we got into podcasts, there were no brand advertisers. Mm. It was all performance marketers because they didn't care about ratings numbers. They didn't need that. They needed performance. Mm-hmm. And what's happening now is podcasts. You know, they say that uh, the brand marketers are coming in five times faster than performance marketers who really built the industry. Mm-hmm. And now it's important that we look for new worlds to conquer uh, because we have to stay ahead of the curves in technology. And the thing that everybody's talking about today, that means the word is out on it. Podcasts we got into before there was serial. Now that, that everybody talks about podcast, 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 mm-hmm. it's still interesting. It's going to be part of the mix for, for, you know, till the end of time. We'll keep doing this, but that becomes part of the portfolio and not the shiny object that it once was. We have to stay ahead of the curve. Mm. And so, for example, right now I'm in New Jersey at a conference um, all about voice and what happens when Alexa and Google oh, interesting. Right. Um, and all of the voice assistants can start to create an environment where people can actually interact with their 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 advertising and their content, mm-hmm. um, that's going to completely change the game in a way that you know makes what podcast has done, which, by the way, I'm very excited about podcasts, but it's very small in comparison to the changes that are really happening in the marketplace. You have to always stay ahead of it. You have to be willing to do things that are other, others may not be willing to do and take some risks. Yeah, I think it's what's interesting about it is a very cool aspect of it, about this, Dan, is this notion that we – I love it because podcasts and radio is all about voice, just like you were saying. So, you know, in some senses, you, you are stripped away of the, of, the, of the visual piece, but yet you have to focus in on how voice then becomes important. And certainly, to your point, I want you to elaborate more on this issue that you are uh, sort of learning about at this New Jersey conference – what are some of the things that they're talking about in this domain of voice-assisted or voice-activated marketing like Alexa and Siri and Bixby if you're using Android, et cetera, or Cortana if you guys do Microsoft, not many of us do. But anyway, so, so, like what, <laughs> so, what, so what are some of the key insights in this voice? Because I think there's a lot of agreement, Dan, that this is where it's headed. So where, what should we be thinking about in terms of knowing that that is the eventual pathway? So if I was to break down and really synthesize everything that I've taken in over the last few days, it would be this. Take baby steps, but start taking steps. Mm. If you go too aggressive right now, especially as a marketer, you're going to get crushed because there, there's really, it's very restrictive. There's not many places that will let you advertise mm-hmm. through these channels. Mm-hmm. And the usability still has a lot of growing to do. You know, we've got distribution right now in that, you know, they think maybe by next year, half of the homes will have a smart speaker in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, that doesn't mean that the, the user experience is very good. And so, 
um, it, it's important that we don't bet the farm on using it as a customer acquisition strategy mm. today. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Um, as the marketplace evolves, it's important that you're there. It's important that you start to get familiar with it and build those muscles so you can stay ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of brands are going to wait on the sidelines, and particularly performance brands, because it's just, you know, they're going, well, we're not there yet. But the difference is, the people that are actually entering now are the larger brands who can afford to test without seeing an immediate mm. result. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. podcast was the opposite. It was performance. And then the brands came later here. Oh, brands are going first and performance is coming later. But I think it's important for all businesses to think about it. You know, imagine it's 1996 <laughs> and the internet is, is now, you know, it's a thing, but it's still kind of clumsy and mm-hmm. we still have geo cities and, you know, and things <laughs> like that. Right. Bear with it but continue to test and experiment and make it a critical part of your strategy mm-hmm. because when this thing hits, you don't want to be left behind. Interesting. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we are speaking with Dan Granger, CEO and founder of Oxford Road, a Los Angeles-based ad agency specializing in performance marketing for direct-to-consumer brands. Oxford Road helps fast-growth companies scale their efforts to podcasts, radio, and direct TV by offering the combined capabilities of media analytics and creative development. Oxford Road guarantees superior performance for brands that qualify for their most venerable services. Dan, I have to ask you a question about this because this is huge. And it's the idea that, you know, advertising and consumers uh, sometimes can can bump heads with each other in terms of the controversies around how ads might affect people or offend people. Can you speak a little bit about this notion of boycotts and advertising and your view uh, on this from your perspective as an expert in this field? Absolutely. I'm, I mean, let me clarify one point, and that is boycotting is not bad on, mm-hmm. on, its, on its own. I'm, I'm not against boycotts across the board. But what, what normally comes into our consciousness Whenever you see a flare-up with a talk radio host or a Fox News host or, you know, a lot of these things that come up, they're not actually movements of the people. Mm -hmm. This is more like machine politics at work. Mm. When you have third parties – and by the way, you know, I'm representing brands that that by and large – you know, if you actually look at the people involved, these are not generally conservative people Mm -hmm. in their politics. You know, these are usually left-leaning people. They're just trying to reach audiences. They're mm-hmm. just trying to build relationships with consumers across the spectrum, irrespective of their politics. And yet they get they get called out as though they are supporting things they may not support or believe things that they may not believe because somebody is literally listening to, you know, you've got hosts that are talking for three hours a day mm-hmm. or going on TV for an hour a day. They're not always going to say everything the way that they probably ought to and, and know that they ought to. Um, and so they, they say something that's either stupid or, <laughs> or, or wrong or taken out of context. It could be any of those things. And I'm not here to defend anybody's points. And I'm really not coming here with a political point of view. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when you have groups like media monitors who are literally monitoring every word and mm-hmm. waiting for somebody to say something that they can go, ah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then they, they say, hey, look at what so-and-so did. And then they play a game of if-then. If mm-hmm. they said this, then they believe that. Ah. And if you sponsor this, then you believe that. And it's it's a it's a, a, a theoretical construct mm. that, that, that paints brands and advertisers with an unfair brush and, and it's and, and you end up attacking them in 
they're like, you know, they're like the kids caught in the divorce. They're not actually <laughs> the perpetrators here. Uh-huh. They're just kind of they become the victims in the middle. And I don't think it's fair and I don't think it's right. And, and it's not like it's actually something that individuals just got together and said, oh, such and such a brand. They, you know, practice this or that. Therefore, we must. This is like, no, somebody was playing a gotcha game and said, hey, we're going to use this brand as a tool um, to take out an influencer that we disagree with. And I think the problem that we have in this country, and this is a business problem, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also just a problem for everybody, is that we are severely polarized and divided. And Mm -hmm. I think we all have, you know, some, some good reasons that we know that it's happening. We don't have great examples being set for us. And yet, I think it's really, really destructive and divisive when people, you know, go home and to see their, you know, their their families of origin for Thanksgiving. There's certain things they just can't talk about mm-hmm. in the workplace. There are certain things you just can't talk about because everybody's afraid because people don't really they're really not being modeled a way to have healthy dialogue and disagreement. And, and I don't think that that's constructive for the country. And I don't think it's constructive for a business who's trying to grow to have to worry that they're going to get accused of something that isn't actually true Mm. of who they are Mm -hmm. simply because they want to build relationships with different kinds of audiences. Mm -hmm. And so this is a very interesting point that you make, Dan, because I think that there is kind of this rush to judgment kind of urgency, right? This is kind of what you're speaking on, right? And that I think your point here, and you can elaborate more on this for us, Dan, is that we, we need to, as marketers, we need to like take a chill pill. Right. And we need to kind of say, you know what, before we quickly respond to all the moral outrage that's going to happen on the Twitter sphere, uh, let's make sure that, you know, that we understand what's going on and let's not be afraid. Here's the thing. Let's not be afraid to like have that. That's the, 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 the problem with what's going on today is everyone is like sort of recessing into their in their into their basically their tribal echo chambers. And now we can't talk about stuff. And and when you can't talk about stuff, then the whole fundamental premise of marketing, which is about communication, can potentially break down. Is that kind of the point here? Beautifully said. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, it's, a, it's a real problem. And, and so the, the mantra that I believe as a marketer, uh, we all need to start adopting is, I disagree with what you say, but I will sponsor your right to say it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it just because you advertise somewhere does not mean that you subscribe to all the views that are expressed on that platform mm-hmm. or else it's a very slippery slope. And, you know, we're seeing glimpses of this, but I think we need to put our guns in our holster. <laughs> and when these things pop up, mm-hmm. when you start, you know, when the machine organizations start hitting you up on social media going, you know, you're this, you're that because you advertised here, they need to go, hold on a minute. Let me stop. Let me not actually react to this right now. Let me take a minute and evaluate this. And the reality is most of the time it's a lot of hype. The news cycle, if it lasts more than a day, it usually lasts a week. Mm -hmm. And then we're moving on to something else. Mm -hmm. And in that time, marketers can really take a deep breath and step back and go, what do we think about this? And, you know, imagine this. Imagine a scenario where a marketer who typically would, you know, react and go, oh, we disagree with what this person is saying, and so we are no longer advertising in that show. Of course, then they find them back in that show six months later. But, <laughs> but they say that at the time. What if they didn't do that? What if they said, you know what? I actually think that this person, even if they didn't mean it exactly as it came out of their mouths, we disagree with them something, and our com- corporate values don't fully align with this program. Hmm. Let's get on the phone with them. Let's 
Let's go have a meeting with them. Let's talk to them about how we see the world and the values that are important to our business. Mm -hmm. And let's see, who knows, maybe that talent will end up coming closer to your point of view. Maybe that talent will think twice before they say a thing Mm. like they did before. Uh When you point at somebody and you label them as something and then you part company, the person's natural reaction to that is to say, well, okay, so there's somebody that just gave up on me. I'm, I'm just going to dismiss what they say. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, the, and the cycle repeats. And, and so I want to end that. I want us to communicate with each other, as you said, and I want us to find a way to be stronger in our relationships with each other as a country, but also as brands, because that's the goal. It's not just segment. You don't want to be a brand that only services people with a certain ideology, that's crazy. I think this is super fascinating, though, Dan, because the idea here is that, and I haven't heard it, you know, it's kind of like marketing as a a force for good, but not in the way you thought it would be. It's like, you know what I mean? In some senses, it's like turning it on its head and basically saying there's an alternative way to get to a better place, right? And so I'm tearing up right now. Uh, (laughs) because you've just, you've just, you've just contributed, sir, to world peace. Okay. And the fact that brands and mark, and I'm as a, as a marketing guy, I just love this because now I can actually be a part of this movement that helps bring, uh, consumers together and get dialogues going and not, you know, just jump to the obvious rush to judgment sorts of things. And that brands can actually play a role, uh, in this communication strategy. Dan Granger, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's all my pleasure, sir. Listeners, if you want to learn about Dan, go to OxfordRoad.com or follow him on Twitter at Oxford underscore road. Listeners, if you're enjoying this as a podcast, remember that our show, Marketing Matters, we are live on Sirius XM Channel 132 every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. And we are replayed Saturdays at midnight, Sundays 8 to 10 p.m. and Mondays 2 to 4 a.m. Up next, our good friend, Professor... Daniel Corsham of Drexel will be here in studio with me talking about unplanned corporate activism. That is companies that get dragged into politics suddenly. You're listening to Marketing Matters. This is Professor Americus Reed, a.k.a. the segmentation and targeting Terminator. I'll be back. And this is Business Radio powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 